This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And for the first time, well, second time on this podcast, you guys can now see us on YouTube. I got to say that again and before we get into the podcast i feel like i have to say this every video podcast and we had another comment saying oh why aren't uh all your podcasts video podcasts well time we just don't have the time and the resources right now if you want to help us get those time and resources to help make all of our podcasts because that is the main goal in video format check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast but we got a jam-packed show for you guys today we are done with the pac 12 brandon we are done with the big 12 now it's moving on we got three conferences left this is now the second team that lost in the semifinals well the second conference i should say the big 10 that's who we're going to look at that we've got the acc and the sec as our last two but how we're going to do it if you're new to the format of this podcast the first half of it we're going to look at one division because we're back to divisions now all the way through we're going to look at the first division we'll look at the second division then we will give our predictions at the end of the podcast and we're going to look at the West first. That'd be fair, right? Because we want to leave you guys for the, the better Be- conference best at the for end, last, right? Of course. Or as I like to call them, the Big Ten Beast instead of East. But we have a West conference, and this is an interesting one to me because Iowa was undefeated last year. Many have said, oh, well, they used a fake ID to get all the way to the Big 12 title game. We had Northwestern and Wisconsin didn't have too bad of seasons at 6-2 and two and both 10-3 and three overall. But to me, the team I want to start with, no, it's not the Fighting Illini, even though I will mention them briefly in this podcast. I want to start with Nebraska. Reason being, when we had our hot seat conversation, Brandon, I said that Mike Riley, he could be on the hot seat this season because Nebraska was always that team that was chopping at the bit in the Big Ten West, where it was... They were never going to the title game, but you were always throwing them in there as, oh, they could be a dark horse. They could be a wild card. Well, now at 3-5, and five, they're, they weren't even in the conversation last year to win the Big Ten West. That's got to change with Mike Riley, and I want to say this is year two or year three under his regime. Well, they went 6-7 and seven last season, and... You know, I think that people probably look at them as another possible dark horse again this year. But if that's going to happen, they need to they need to better take care of the football. They were minus twelve in the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. That's not good. You know, that's not good. And 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 I think Tommy Armstrong, the quarterback, he he has to do a better job of leading this team. And you know, he gets in now a a, a full off season with their with their offensive coordinator. I think that's going to be good for him. But I think that this this Nebraska team ultimately is they they need to be more consistent. They need they just need to be better. Uh, you know that that's a, a kind of a okay that's kind of a cop out way of saying it. Yeah, they just need to be better. Of course, they need to be better. But wh- what do they get better at? Well, one of the things I did say uh, that is taking care of football. 
taking care of the football. If you are winning the turnover margin each game or almost every game, most likely you're going to be pretty good. You're going to win that game. Mm -hmm. And more of those, more wins, more recognition, that's just overall better. No, to me, the main key to this team, especially offensively, is Tommy Armstrong Jr. Because this is a guy where for the past, I don't want to say, I want to say three seasons since he was a freshman, all I've heard is how special this kid could be. Because I'll take you guys into the way back machine. Before we had Most Valuable Podcast, when it was originally just the onside kick and we had just an onside kick channel, I was also writing for an Illini website slash blog And one of the guys that I was friends with at the time, he was a Nebraska guy, lived in Nebraska, went to all their games. He was just a black shirt in every sense of the word. And ever since 2013, he's been talking about this Tommy Armstrong kid. Oh, be on the lookout for Tommy Armstrong Jr. He's going to be something special. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, as a sophomore, You did throw for 2,695 yards last season. You eclipsed the 3,000-yard mark in a season. 22 touchdowns, 16 INTs. That's something that you just mentioned, the turnover margin. But I think it starts with Armstrong. This team is going to go offensively as far as the quarterback is going to take them. And this is a division that, I mean— We're talking about quarterbacks all the time. Last year, we were talking about Connor Cook. We were talking about Cardell Jones. We were talking about Broxton Miller. We were talking about um, Jake Rudock, who was with Michigan. We're talking about Joel Stavi, who was with the Wisconsin Hackenberg. Hackenberg, who was with Penn State. In order to have success in this conference, you have to be a, to quote the Great Dickie V, you got to be a PTP, a baby, a prime time player in the Big Ten. Yeah, you do, but you can't do it all yourself, and that's why you, you for Nebraska they're going to have to look for more out of the ground game as well. That's when Divino Zingbo mm-hmm. comes into the equation as well. You know, he rushed for eighty-seven yards against Eucla last season in the Foster Farms Bowl. But here's the thing: is that I think that you just you want to have more consistency. You want to have more consistency throughout your offense and throughout your scheme. I think that uh, again, you don't want to have it all on one guy. Uh, however, you're the quarterback, you go out there. I, I say it all the time that that's 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 the leader. You know, no matter if there's mm-hmm. a player out there on the offense that's better. You know, there's some teams where the running back's just better. They're the stud. Uh, you want it in their hands, but the quarterback is still uh, they even if they are a game manager you know even if they're only out there to be a game manager they better be a leader as a game manager uh so i, I think that uh, that's going to be really important but defense for this team as well they're losing two of their starting tackles and that's malik collins and vincent valentine they lose them to the nfl uh this defense more so than anything is going to be the question mark coming into this season i think uh for riley's team mm-hmm. uh, however people are still looking at them as being a possible uh threat here in the in the West, but you know, six and seven is to me, it's not a threat. No, six and seven is weak. So they really are going to have to put up some good numbers 
against the teams that they're playing, and they're going to have to impress. I mean, this Nebraska team is going to have to come out of the starting gate. They're going to have to be good, but they're also going to have to catch the eye of some people because if they're not doing that, they're certainly not going to get any looks. However, you know, you, you get you have what you have, mm-hmm. and you know that's what you got to work with. And, and Nebraska can be good; they definitely can be good. Is this the year they do it? I'll throw this out there: this is the last thing I'll talk about Wisconsin or not Wisconsin, Nebraska, and then we'll either move on to Northwestern or Wisconsin. I want to throw this out there: yes, they had seven losses, but four of those losses were three points or fewer. Where you had the BYU game, I believe that was the hail mary that they lost to by BYU 33-28. Then a three-point loss against Miami on the road in overtime. A one-point loss to Illinois, and that was a 14-13 game. And then a two-point loss, 23-21 to Wisconsin. Those are three games easily where you could look at it and also Northwestern, 30-28. to So there's your four, um, actually I think that's five, losses that are three or less. Those are five games where you could look at and say, well, you know what? Those are so close. Coin flip it. They go the other way. We're talking about Nebraska in a much different sense. However, you talk about the tackles they lost. Maybe those games this year fall to the other side where maybe they're a touchdown 10-point games instead of just two or three points. Again, you you talk about those you know, couple of points here, couple of points there. Uh, turnover margin. You know, if you if you if you make that a little bit better, if you kind of close the gap mm-hmm. on that and you go into the plus, you know, plus ten, plus twelve, you're looking a lot better. You're positioning yourself in a better spot to win the game. Uh, so I think that that's those three points could mm-hmm. be you win by four, you know, you win by five, something like that. Uh, I, I think that it's there. Uh, for Nebraska, but six and seven last year. Obviously, each year is a, is a new year. Six and seven that just, that certainly doesn't wow me. And you know we're gonna have to see. Riley's gonna have to have his guys ready is, for this season. And I did look it up. It is his. This will be his second year with the Cornhuskers. Last year was his first. But it's one of those things where you want a quicker turnaround. If you're a Cornhusker fan, I'll let you decide though, Brandon. Where do you want to go to next? Do you want to go to Evanston, Illinois, or do you want to go to Madison, Wisconsin? Who do you want to talk about Let's next? go to Evanston, Illinois. Okay. With Northwestern, this is an interesting team to me because they were 10-3 and last year, 6-2. and And I say an interesting team because last year was a little bit of a shocker to me because, I mean, if you're new to the show, I can't stand Northwestern. It's because I bleed orange and blue can't stand Chicago's Big 12, our Big 10 team. Get out of here. Illinois fighting Illini. But this was a team two years ago that was 5-7. and seven. It was like, whoa, what's going on? Do we need to start thinking about putting Pat Fitzgerald on the hot seat? What's going on? Boom, they come out last year, and they 10-win season, 6 wins in the Big 10. It looks like Northwestern to me this year, can they get over the hurdle of can they get over the hurdle of Iowa, but is Iowa going to be the same team? And could we look at a team like Northwestern, who to me is going to lean a lot on the running back in Justin Jackson 
to bring them some success in the Big Ten. Well, they should lean a lot on him. Mean, he's probably, if not the, definitely one of the best in the mm-hmm. Big Ten. But I, I think that that's why, going back really quickly to Nebraska, Northwestern just two years ago was 5-7. and seven. Last year they're 10-3. and three. Mm-hmm. Nebraska now last year 6-7. and seven. Could they, I mean, it's it's as simple as one offseason where you finally get things figured out, you have the right pieces, guys have another year under their belt. It mm-hmm. sometimes is that quick of a turnaround. For Northwestern, for them, I don't necessarily envision 10-3 again this year. You have to kind of look and see what they lose. So they lose Dean Lowry, Deontay Gibson, Nick Van Hoos. Trevion Henry, they lose all those guys because, well, their eligibility is is out. They're out of eligibility. And we got to so, throw out there that you personally know Dean. You and Dean went to uh, high school together, right? Well, Dean Lowry, he was a a grade below me, so I was a little a year older than him. Uh, Dean had him in a you know a couple of classes. Nice guy. Uh, went to Boylan Catholic and High School in Rockford, Illinois. Yeah, got him. To, got, got to see him play high school football. Yeah, so a lot of fun. Dean's a nice guy. I'm really happy for him. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be a Packer. His family are uh, they're mm-hmm. big Bear fans. So uh, <laughs> they went out. They got the Packer stuff though. I saw it on Facebook. So uh, uh, I, I don't yeah. know how you'd feel. Uh, I I don't think me as a even as a Viking fan, if I had a son drafted by the Packers. It's great you got drafted by the Packers. Just don't expect me to wear a Packer hoodie. Just yeah. don't expect it because I'm going to be wearing my purple and gold. Yeah, so that's a big, 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 big shout out to Dean Lowry. Really, really excited for him. That's that, that's absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Drafted in the fourth round, going to the Green Bay Cheeseheads. But you know, I think <laughs> that uh, really for Northwestern, a team that I think will still be good. But you have to look. A lot of times, you have to look and see what you're going to what you lose, and then you have to see how you replace that. Mm-hmm. I think defense right now, you're always going to have to replace people. Guys can't stay forever. But I think that uh, the biggest thing is how how do you counter that then? You know, are you going to be a little bit better on offense? You know, are you going to put up a little bit more points? They only had 136.1 passing yards per game last year. That's not going to cut it. That's low. That's really bad, uh, in, in my opinion. But then you have to look and you have to say, you know, Justin Jackson, do you need to put up that many passing yards if Jackson's mm-hmm. running the football as much as he's go- as, as he's going to run it and as many yards as he's going to rack up? But I think that they just need to get a little bit more consistency from Thorson at quarterback. I think he needs to do a little bit better job of, of I, I think, being more of a PTP. I, I think that that's, that's what I think. Uh, but uh, for Northwestern, I don't envision 10-3. and three. I could see 9-4. and four. Well, I could see 9-4. and four. I just don't know if they go into the double-digit win category. And the thing I love about this Northwestern team, and it's hard for me to love anything about them because, like I said, or orange and blue pumping through my veins each and every day. But as I was looking through just now the preview on AthlonSports.com, they've got a quote here from defensive coordinator Mike Hankwitz. And it says it's simple. Our DBs can run. We can match up and we can match up with people and play more man, period. I look at that and go, like, that is going to be a defense that, you know, we're just going to play man-to-man and fucking hit you in the mouth. We're going to have our corners and our DBs hit you in the mouth, be a little physical on the line, mess up the wide receivers, have them, because that's the big thing with wide receivers. Nowadays, with how quick receivers are, especially when you get to the NFL, if you give them a 
little bit of a cushion. Think about Odell Beckham. I know he's good and he can probably do it with contact too, but you give him a little bit of a cushion, boom, he's right past you. You give these wide receivers a little bit of contact at the line of scrimmage, something that they're not used to, they have to get through that. Hopefully that can help you. I read that quote and I love it. I love it. Kind of, kind of to me shows a little bit of a physicality that this defense may have this season with going with a saying, hey, we can run with them and we can play more man. Do you remember the first game that Northwestern played last season? It was against Stanford. Stanford played a horrible game. But why do they play a horrible game? That Northwestern defense mm-hmm. was all over them. That's the type of defense. That's the type of style and game that Northwestern plays. And who did Stanford have and still has? Christian McCaffrey. A guy who can get some speed on you if you let him. Northwestern did Mm -hmm. not let him, though. I think this Northwestern defense, yes, they lose all those guys that I said. However, Anthony Walker's coming back. He should push for All-American honors. He is going to be good. He's going to lead that linebacking core. But I think that Northwestern still will be good. Like I said, I don't know if they go with double-digit wins, but I think they're still good Mm -hmm. this season. I I think that they'll, they'll definitely compete again in... In the West, you know, is Iowa going to be mm-hmm. as good as they were? We'll talk about that, yeah, I know. Gonna, but but the thing is, is that, is that you look at last season, and you always said the thing, okay, you know, some of these teams, they kind of come out of nowhere. Northwestern, mm-hmm. a team that comes out of nowhere, and they go 10-3. and three. Iowa comes out of nowhere. They go 12-0. and 0. What happens this next year? A lot of people think that Iowa was one of those teams where, eh, you know, they, they had a fluky season where they went 12-0. and 0. Other people would say absolutely not a fluky season. They were very good last year. They didn't make it as far as they would have liked to, but they're mm-hmm. very good. They'll come back and they will repeat, not go 12-0, and 0, but they will still be very good and they'll repeat as West champs. But who knows? But I think that Northwestern will be good and, and they'll, they'll be up there in the, in the top five. Here's my one criticism with Northwestern this year. You look at their schedule, take a look at their non-conference games. Western Michigan, Illinois State, which, why are we playing FCS teams anymore? Duke and McMurray. Guess what? I don't even know who the fuck McMurray is. I apologize if you're listening or watching and go to McMurray. I don't know who that is. I look at that non-conference schedule. and McMurray, that's your uncle, right? Uncle Mac. I look at it and I go, that don't impress me much. Uh, uh, ooh, little Shania Twain for you. That's a non-conference schedule that preaches to me, you know what, we're just going to worry about the Big Ten. We're just going to worry about the Big Ten conference, and we're just going to get through it. And I'll tell you this, what could happen and could be a storyline if Northwestern's good this season and is Big Ten title worthy, it could come down to with them, oh, yeah, you won the Big Ten title, but who'd you play in your non-conference? Because I look at those four games, I'm not impressed at all with any of those teams. Especially, why are you playing McMurray College? Why? You're Northwestern. Could we get somebody that's even on the same level as Duke? When Duke's your hardest opponent, and you're playing an FCS school, and then a school that the hardcore fan like me goes, who? That's not good. Or am I just looking at it too analytically and they'll be fine? No, I think I think you're right. I mean, I even get upset 
when Alabama schedules games against you know a, a cupcake mm-hmm. team. It's like, come on, you guys are better than that. You should be playing at least a team that that is going to give you somewhat of a challenge at least for the first half. But I, I think that that's that's the thing that always has frustrated me. You know, you're going to schedule non-conference games. I can understand maybe one one that's not going to be uh, you know very difficult, but you know three. I I don't think so. I, I, that doesn't make sense to me. It never has. Why why don't you want to challenge yourself a little bit? I don't know. I, I can see both sides of it, but my whole thing is I'd rather see you playing good competition and then win uh, than, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to see a blowout, but I, I do want to see you continue to play good competition. And so what? Maybe you lose it by a little bit. At least you went out there. You scheduled a tough game. You played a hard game, and hopefully – you learn from it, and now we can go and we can play all these other teams, and we are, you know, we're feeling good. We know how to play you now. I, I don't know. You know, it's just it's mm-hmm. kind of on both sides. And I'm looking at the McMurray Athletics website really quick, just at their football team, to see, like, what conference they're in. I don't even think they're in the NAIA. All, it's, all I have right here is um, their conference is the UMAC. And just to – they're from Jacksonville, Illinois – just to throw out some of the guys on their schedule, you may know this one because you're from that area. You want to know who their first opponent is of the season? Rockford College. That's their first opponent. And I look at that and go, who? I don't even know of Rockford College. That's right by where you came from. So you probably know Rockford College very well. I do. I do. I do know uh, of Rockford College, yes. But, I mean, that's a team. Rockford, like, Rockford University, right? It says Rockford College. <laughs> Ugh, it's ugh, I just that's my biggest grief with the Wildcats. Let's move on to the Badgers, though. I was almost going to jump right into the Hawkeyes, but we'll leave them for last because they were the West champions. The Badgers. I mean, w- what's your thought on Wisconsin coming into this season? My thought on Wisconsin is their front seven is going to be solid defensively. Uh, and that's that's what I'm excited about. So what everyone, well, what I remember last season from Wisconsin was they start off against Alabama and they get destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then I was done watching Wisconsin for the rest of the season. But they they put together a, a nice year, 10-3. and three. Uh, But I think that, uh, you know, they, they lose uh, Stave at, at quarterback and... You know what are you what are you gonna do now? I mean, some people would say Stave wasn't that great, but uh, I think that he didn't have to be. He, yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're right. Exactly. So I, I think that Wisconsin will be good. I don't know if they're good enough to to win it in the West or or win it all really when it comes to the Big Ten. To me, the big thing for Wisconsin is. Yes, finding a replacement for Stave is nice, but to me there's even a bigger need for this Wisconsin Badger team. And you mentioned how, well, Stave didn't need to be spectacular. He didn't need to be great. He just needed to be okay was because of the run game that he's always had when at Wisconsin. And I mean... Russell, the last, the quarterback that Stave took over for, right before Stave's first season, we'll start there. Little quarterback by the name of Russell Wilson. Don't Who's know, that? Don't know if you guys heard of him. 
He only threw for over 3,000 yards and 33 touchdowns in his last season at Wisconsin. His running back, a near 2,000 rusher by the name of Monty Ball. Pretty, pretty big shot. Might not have been in the NFL, but he was a big shot with the Badgers. Stave's first season, he comes in, only throws 1,000 yards. Who was his running back, though? An 1,800-yard season? Monty Ball. Pretty good run game. Then in 2013, he's got two running backs over 1,000 yards. The second one was almost over 1,500. The first one was over 1,500. Melvin Gordon and James Wright. Stave, yeah, he he improved. 2,400 yards that season. But he still had a great running attack behind him. And then Melvin Gordon's senior year. Like, we don't need to say anything about that. But I will say 2,587 yards. That helps out a quarterback. And Stave only threw 1,350 yards that season. So to me, the Badgers got to get back to that. They got to get that run game back to where it needs to be because last season, their best runner had 819 yards. That is the first time, and it probably goes, I could probably go way back, but from the years I just told you, every single running back since Stave took over had over 1,000 yards in their season. Well, Corey Clement last year, he'll, uh, he'll he'll return this year. Missed most of last year with an injury, but I think that you, you obviously you want consistency coming from mm-hmm. that that running game. There's not really any quarterbacks that I remember, uh, at least in the last couple of years. And, and basically, you just spoke to that of what I just said. There's not many quarterbacks I remember from Wisconsin within the last couple of years. You just that's not that's not their thing that they're known for. They're Except known for, for their, Russell Wilson because he played there a year. But that's but that's what I'm, I mean. Yeah. I'm saying you don't. I mean, outside of him, is you're not. You're not really thinking of anybody. No one's really big coming to mind, but you mentioned the ground game, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, everything in Wisconsin, yeah. Wisconsin lights up. You know? built, and, I'll, and I'll throw this out there. Their last running back that had under 1,000 yards, John Clay, in 2008, that season, he had 800, 840 yards. But guess how many yards he had the next season? 1,517. So, boom, he got up to that over a thousand yard mark and, and maybe that's it for the Badgers. Maybe they just need somebody that was on the team last year to take up that mantle. But to me that's the identity of this team. And if Paul Christ wants to succeed with the Badgers as head coach, he needs to get back to that. He needs to get back to that identity that Wisconsin's been at before he came in last season from Pitt. So one thing to look at for Wisconsin is definitely going to be their schedule. So it doesn't look too nice uh, for Wisconsin this year. So they have a neutral site game uh, in Green Bay. They play LSU against another SEC. And again, opponent. you know, Oof. I don't know why they keep doing this to themselves. Hey, I rather, I, I, I rather I do. have them do that I, than then, play Mac Murray. Play, I thought I was going to say Monte, oh. Monte Cristo. I completely forgot who they oh. were already. Uh, then, <laughs> Monte Cristo. Yeah, same thing. Uh, and then the great ba- sandwich. Yeah, great yeah, sandwich. Hell of a sandwich. Uh, the Badgers then play Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Michigan, Iowa, like no, I, Northwestern I like on the road. Just skip Akron and Georgia State. Who the fuck cares about them, right? No one. Uh, <laughs> and then they play at home, Ohio State, October fifteenth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, yeah. There's that. 
That's a big three-game stretch because you're on the road in East Lansing. You're on the road in Ann Arbor. Then you get to come home, but, yeah, you got an ABC game against uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, not too good. Oh, yeah, then, you got, then you're going on the road yet again to play the Hawkeyes. So, I mean, y- your biggest opponents this year, Michigan State, Michigan, Iowa, Northwestern, all road games. Your biggest game at home is... Ohio State. So, the, I mean, the way I look at their schedule, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Um, if you can handle the five home games that are not Ohio State, I'm not counting that LSU as a home game, even though it's technically they're the home team of the neutral site. If you can win your five home games, not Ohio State, and just beat Purdue, you'll make a bowl game. I mean, that could be positive for the Badgers, And if you right? don't beat Purdue, you should be banned from oh, all yeah, ball no, games. That should be a Big Ten rule. If you lose to Purdue, you're just not in the Big Ten anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they're just the, they're just the kiss of death. Like, they're, they're just horrible. Horrible. Can't... Illinois lost to Purdue once, guys. That's why I'm so angry. And Illinois is... I was going to say, Illinois is the other team that if you lose to. I, right? Uh, right? No, I'm well, just kidding. You know I'm what? Before kidding. we get into Iowa... I yes, throw that I will out let you. I will sit back, and you, I will no, let you rant. I don't want you to. Sit I will back. let you rant about Illinois. I just the big thing, the only thing that I want to mention about Illinois, and I feel like I actually have like some ground to stand on. I think this is going to be a good year for the Fighting Illini. Not good as like competing, but I just think that Lovey Smith is going to, he's going to bring in a new life to this team, and I. Lovey Smith and bring in life are not words that are used in the same sentence. The biggest thing I want to see from this team is I want to see them bring life back to the fan base. That's what I want to see. Like, I I looked at his time in Chicago, and did he get to a Super Bowl? Yes. Did he get to an NFC Championship game? Yes. If he could just... at this point, do I want to win everything? Yeah, but I'm not going to be greedy. If he could just get us to the Big Ten title game, I think I'd be happy. At if this he could point, win seven games, you I'd should be, be happy. I'd be happier than a pig in slop. I would be happier with. I'd be happy with six wins. I would be. I would kiss a pig if we got six wins. Probably wouldn't. You don't heard. Don't you heard it here. You heard it here. And uh, and he better not cut this not, out. He not, better not cut this out no, of that's the video. Too, that's too much work. Because <laughs> you heard it. We will have Ricky kiss a pig in this room. In this room. Does, How are we going to get a pig in this room? Doesn't need to be alive. No. It doesn't it need does. to be alive. Probably won't happen. But uh, yeah. No. It's this team. I I'm just excited for Lovey Smith. I'm excited to have a coach that. I feel like I I wanted to use the word competent, but I feel like I want to use that word because I'm comparing him to Tim Beckman, which anybody's competent over him. Anybody. I mean, who's the worst coach you could think of, Brandon? The worst coach you can think of. Oh, hold on a second. Hitting me with the worst. Oh, gosh. Any sport. Any sport. I know. I'm trying to think. Mm, I don't know. I read that of Jeff Van Gundy, and some people are gonna be like, "Whoa, Jeff Van's a good coach." I'd rather have him than Tim Beckman. I'd rather have a guy off the street 
than Tim Beckman. That's how much a hobo. I was not a fan of Tim Beckman as his career oh, went on. I've got one for you. Give how me about it. Mark Tressman. Dude, I would totally take I would take He's the horrible. Stank. I would take the stank of Mark Tressman over Tim Beckman. I knew I was trying to think of a really you're bad one. You're sitting there and you're going, I can't. Th- I would take Mike Martz. <laughs> I would take Rob. Well, Rob Marinelli's not that bad. I, I would take, let's leave Mark Trussman. I would take Mark Trussman over Tim Beckman. That's the thing with this Illini team. I just want to see what Lovey can do his first year. Do I think he's going to take us to a championship? No. Do I think he's going to win the Big Ten? No. I just want him to bring but life Ricky's to this team. Ricky's going to be happy, folks. Ricky is going to be happy. Bring life to this fan base. Give a, like, I just want something to root for. Yeah. That's all I want. Boom. Rant over. Let's move on to the last team in the West to wrap this <sighs> up. Finally. The Iowa Hawkeyes. Brandon, what are you thinking about the team? Did they finally get their real ID or they still got the fake ID? Uh, no, I, I think that they, they, they finally made it to 21. Okay, And cool. they finally got their, their new driver's license. But I think that... Uh, Iowa, no one's going to be surprised with them this year. You know, they're going to surprise anybody. They're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, come sneak up on anybody this year. Uh, they return C.J. Beathard, uh, and he threw for uh, just under 3,000 yards, 17 scores. Uh, but then you have to look at Jordan Kanziri. You know, he was their number one running back. He's gone, but they're going to, uh, I think, have a dual threat at running back. They're going to have LaShawn Daniels and Akram uh, Wadley. So I think that I was going to be just fine. I think I was going to be just fine. You look at the offensive line, Austin Blythe, Jordan Walsh, two guys that departed. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're going to have to fill those voids. But I don't think those those losses are enough to spiral Iowa you know, into the middle. I don't think so. They're still a top five team and probably a top three team uh, in the in the West division in the Big Ten. However, they're no, they're not going to be a twelve and zero team this year. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about a fake ID or a real ID when it comes down to that point. There will be no twelve and zero. They are a good team, uh, but not a twelve and zero good team. Uh, I, I think that last year may have been a bit of a surprise. Uh, a ten and three uh, mm-hmm. would be more likely, I think, of something that'll happen this year for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Personally, but I could be completely wrong. People may tell me to go screw myself. Uh, if they don't agree, but I think ten and three is a realistic thing for Iowa this year. I think that with again with the losses that they had, with the guys that return, mm-hmm. I think ten and three is very reasonable. Well, and I look at this team, and for the first time, I'm not going to mention offense first. To me, the biggest returning piece to this team. Well, actually, I lied. Kenziri will be a big hold there. I mentioned my offense first. But to me, the big returner is you got Drew Ott coming back and the defensive side coming back for that fifth season. And to me, that's going to be the key is this defense is how are they going to hold against? I mean, they don't have the hardest schedule in the world yet again. I mean, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Penn State, those are your hard games. Maybe not even Penn State, but Michigan's your hardest game. Like, you avoid the Michigan State. You avoid the Ohio State. You just got to play. Like, your teams from the Big Ten beast are Penn State and Michigan and Rutgers. Wow, Rutgers. Woo, shocker. They're really hard. No, they're a cupcake cakewalk for the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
Yeah, Michigan's their toughest opponent. So that is one thing that's also helping them is their schedule. We're looking at probably what will be one of the best defenses in the Big Ten, and that's Iowa's. Mm -hmm. But one game that, that I go back to is that game against Stanford. That was not good. Game the Rose Bowl. That was bad. That was not good. Yeah, I mean they got they got blown up and yeah, I and that's that hold on. Mm, hold on. I, I, you get real excited. Well, I'm gonna Is make that a point. When you look at other teams outside of, you know, the Big Ten, when mm-hmm. you know other teams are scoring a lot of points. How is your defense going to hold up against them? That's my whole point is because if you want to be good enough to get to the college football playoff, you've got to be able to hold these some of these teams down because these teams can score points. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying is your defense it's one game. It's a small sample size of one game. I get that. But you don't want that be to be a sign of of, of things to come. Now, I'm not saying that it will. But I'm just saying that that was a complete blowout on one side. Yeah, but to me, here's I'm going to play devil's advocate to that because this was a team that, in the end, if they would have won the Rose Bowl, would it have mattered? Uh, on top of just besides, put a, put aside the fact your pride and how you want to win every game, if they would have won the Rose Bowl, would it have mattered? For the fans, yes. For the, put that aside too. Would it have mattered if they won the Rose Bowl? No. Is it the same thing as like winning the championship? No. No, it certainly doesn't matter. But, he, but what I'm but what I'm is, saying too is that it, it's not that they they didn't lose the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. twenty four to seventeen. Yeah, and they got murdered. What I'm saying is this is a team that pretty much we were looking at to, as favorites in the Big Ten title game. They go ahead and lose, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying you shouldn't go out there and try to win every game, but I feel like that loss to Michigan State in the Big Ten title game kind of just put a hole in the ship, and like the Titanic, that whole season just went down. It didn't matter what game they were going to play next. They were not going to win that game because, more not morally, but like just their their confidence was shot after losing that Big Ten title game because their whole goal, everyone's goal, is to get to the college football playoff, and they had it right there. They didn't play well against Michigan State, and they knew it, and that's why I feel like they came out and just laid an egg in the Rose Bowl because their confidence was just absolutely shot from losing to Michigan State. Now, would they have beaten, I think, would they have still played Alabama if they would have won, or would they have played Clemson first? I think they might have played Clemson first. I'm trying to remember. I'm not sure. Let's just say for the sake of argument, they play Alabama like Michigan State did. There's no way they're going to beat Michigan. There's no way they're going to beat Alabama. But because they lost to me, because they lost in that Big Ten title game, it shot their confidence. Just totally shot their confidence. And that's why I look at that Rose Bowl game, and I don't really hold it against Iowa because I look at it and go, you know what? Your confidence was shot because to you, all that mattered, all that mattered was the college football playoff and making it, and your dream was crushed. Now, do they come out with a chip on their shoulder this year? Maybe, maybe not. We're going to have to wait and see. But we've talked enough about Big Ten West. We've gone for nearly 40 minutes. 
on the Big Ten West. This is probably going to be the longest preview, but this is my conference. So, I mean, I love talking about the Big Ten whenever I can. This is your conference? You're the commish? I love, I love this conference, wow. Brandon. And we're going to now move into the the Big Ten Beast or the Big Ten East. I like to call them the Beast because they're the better conference. And I want to start with Penn State. And the reason why is I notice how we started with Nebraska, a team that uh, I think the coach could be on the hot seat. This is a make-or-break year for James Franklin. Oh, absolutely it is. The Nittany Lions need to get something done or else he's either fired or we are seriously turning up that heat under his seat. You know, I, I think that with two seasons, you need to be better than 14-12. and 12. Mm-hmm. For Penn State— with the fan base they have, with the alumni they have, with the history that they have of success, 14 and 12 is not cutting it. It's just not cutting it. Christian Hackenberg is gone. Good. He was a hack. He was not good. He was not good. Um, I, I think that we're going we're gonna to just see better things. Mm-hmm. Uh, McSorley, honestly, you could put Barney in there. I don't care. He'll be better than Christian Hackenberg. I did not think that Christian Hackenberg had the best uh, You thought we overhyped uh, fo- him football in draft IQ. talk and everything. Totally did. I didn't listen to your draft talk because it's all shit anyways. No, I mean like me and you before the season started. Before the season, yeah. we overhyped well, him. Yeah, absolutely he was overhyped. I, I, I don't think he's that good. But... I think that this team is going to have to be a lot better. That's for sure well, because it's and it's not just for their it's mm-hmm. not just for their head coach. Uh, if you don't continue, you've got to continue to compete. You have got mm-hmm. to get back to the point where you were. What was it? Three, four years ago? I don't know. I mean, they 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 got to get back there. What really hurts Franklin coming in is say his record one more time because you had it up there. Fourteen and twelve. Fourteen and twelve. Two seasons. In two seasons, guess what Bill O'Brien's record was before he went to the NFL? 15-9. and 15-9. And, and that's the guy you were replacing. This was, you got to understand, when James Franklin was coming in from Vanderbilt, it was Bill O'Brien did most of the, the dirty work, the hard work, however you want to put it, to pull Penn State out of the sanctions and out of the Joe Paterno, uh, Jerry Sandusky hole that we had all put them in. Like that 2012 season when they were second in the, at the time it was the leaders division and they couldn't go to a bowl game still eight and four overall six and two in the big 10. Then that 2013 season seven and five overall and eh, four and four in the big 10 but he still finished 10 and 6 overall in the conference and then you come in and you're 14 and 12 in two seasons. I mean, I know you're probably looking at going, "Well, Ricky, it's only one it's one less loss and three more or one less win and three more losses, but it looks a lot worse than 15 and 9, especially with how how I'm going to say beloved Bill O'Brien was that it was a shock when he was saying, you know what, I'm going to leave to go to the Houston Texans. It was a shock for Penn State fans. It was a shock for Penn State fans. Uh, one of my very good friends uh, from from back in, in, mm-hmm. in Rockford, she went to Penn State, 
Penn State is, you know, her her home, stuff mm-hmm. like that. She couldn't believe it when Bill O'Brien left. But at the same time, uh, you know, she she is, could not believe and, and was obviously not happy with the way that this team has been the last two years. She also not a big Christian Hackenberg fan. <laughs> Maybe that's for other reasons. Who knows? Uh, but Brent, Brent Pry. Uh, who is going to be the new defensive coordinator as mm-hmm. Bob Shoup goes to Tennessee. Yeah, he's got a hell of a task on hand because he replaces uh, Carl Nassib. He replaces, uh, he's going to have to replace Anthony Zettel, mm-hmm. Austin Johnson. And then you have to keep thinking that this is going to have to be a unit if, you know, you're, 14 and 12 in the last two seasons. You want to be a team that's going to compete and be near the top in the top five for sure. Yeah, I, that's tough. That's tough to do. Penn State, I'd like to think that they are a top five, top four team in the East this year. But I don't know. That's on shaky ground right now. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Here it is. Bold prediction. Indiana finishes higher than Penn State in the standings. So that would put, to me, Penn State at at least five. You know what? East. I'll be honest with you. You think you're making a bold prediction, but I'm going to say— This is a team that went 2-6 and six last year. I, I know Indiana's on the rise, but that's why it's a bold prediction, because they were 2-6 and six in the conference last year. I think that Indiana, though, they, they showed flashes of being really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was last year. Was it last year when they almost beat Ohio State? I think so. Uh, I, I think that they really I was have they'd played— be, I was hoping they'd beat Ohio they've State. They've really played well. Can't in some of their the games, but but in, in Indiana, you know, still a team that uh, I think keep your eye on them. But uh, they're they're still a team that's not. Uh, I don't think they're going anywhere too quickly. It was last year's game where it was overtime. No, not wasn't overtime, it? but it was thirty four twenty seven. Okay, Buckeyes yeah, it wasn't win. overtime, but I'm thinking the same. Yeah, that's it the game was. I'm of. Both teams came in at four and zero, oh, and uh, Indiana fell to four and one. Where Ohio State, the number one team in the country, went five and zero. No, I say it's a bold prediction because you look at the record two and six for Indiana. Even though I know, and I also kind of said it to egg you on a little bit because I know you're high on the Hoosiers, but more of a bold prediction because this is how bad I kind of think the Nittany Lions are going to be. Because let's be honest, they're not going to be a top three team because they've got Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. And I want to actually then move over into, we'll start with Michigan State. And the reason why I picked them first out of these next three teams that we're going to look at is I think they're the third best team in this side of the Big Ten. I think it's going to be, you know what, we're all waiting for Ohio State and Michigan to end the season. And whoever wins that game, it's kind of like a pseudo Big Ten beast championship to go to the Big Ten title game. That's just how I see it. November 26th, mark your books, Michigan-Ohio State playing for a berth at the Big Ten title game. Michigan-Ohio State. I, I, you know, I like what you're thinking there. Uh, I think that uh, I think we're going to see a really, really good season from both of them. I'm excited for Michigan. I think that... Are they the, going to live up to the hype? I think they do. They got a ton of hype. I, I think ca- they do. You're and, catching me on the hype and, train. And you know what? You know. You know the reason for that. I think it's because last season, Harbaugh comes in, 
and the hype was already there. Oh, they could they could go to the they'll win it they'll win it all in the Big Ten and they'll they'll go to the college football playoff and, and maybe they'll even go to the national championship. It's like slow your roll, people. This year, I think that hype could be real. Yeah, and I mean it's one of those things where I'm trying to look at Harbaugh's seasons in college with coaching his records to see like how he usually does in second years and with San Diego it was seven and four that first year overall right up to eleven and one. However at Stanford it was four and eight, five and seven, eight and five, then twelve and one. There was a steady kind of progression, but I think with Michigan they had the talent coming in. It's just Brady Hope couldn't work with it. And then now the talent they're bringing in on top of it because of Jim Harbaugh, because of the satellite... You could hate him for doing satellite camps. He is totally abused. Like, I kind of want to say abusing the system because... Not really abusing it because I don't... I don't... I'm all for the satellite camps is what I'm trying to say. He's basically trying to <laughs> Didn't eat. sound like it by he, the way you were starting that off. Well, that's why I'm going yeah, back. Uh, yeah, oh, I'll yeah, say yeah. this. He's trying to even the playing field between him and the SEC. He certainly is. He's trying to say, hey, you know what? We're as good as you, Nick Saban. We're as good as you, Les Miles. We're as good as you, big boys down south, and we're coming for you. First, I got to handle this guy in Urban Meyer that came up here from your country because he couldn't beat you. Now he's got to come over here and beat us. I know he did win at Florida, but he didn't have Timmy Tebow forever so that's why he had to come to the Ohio State Buckeyes I'm joking by the way but to me Michigan's going to live up to this hype and I cannot I just want to hit the fast forward button and go to November 26th right now I just want to watch that game Ohio State with JT Barrett how's he going to do this season against Michigan who to me I'll say right now they're my favorite to win the Big Ten this year they are my favorite will they do it you got to stay tuned to the end of the podcast to see if I'm officially going to pick them as my winner. But I just want to fast forward to that game on November 26th. And East Lansing may be hating me right now, wanting to kick me in the balls like Draymond Green. But I just don't think you guys are going to be in the conversation this year. I think it's Michigan. I think it's Ohio State. And it's one of those two guys that are going to go to the Big Ten title game. Michigan's my favorite, though, right now. No Jake Rudock. He's gone. 20.9 points a game in 2014 for the Wolverines. In 2015, 31.4. 31.4. That's a 10-point-something jump. That's incredible. That's really good. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just what Harbaugh brings. And and, and guys want to play harder for Jim Harbaugh. I, I think that that's what's really exciting about Michigan and Michigan football. So it looks like Houston transfer John O'Corn is the early favorite to win the quarterback position. I, I, I really I don't think that there's really any issues mm-hmm. with that spot for Michigan. They'll be fine. I, I think that it's really the who's going to end up who's going to end up at the top because Michigan's going to have a good season. Ohio State's going to have a good season, and Michigan State will probably be there in the equation at least for a little bit. If not the entire time, we could have another three team race mm-hmm. for the East 
and that could prove to be very interesting as well. But we will have to see. However, I think Michigan, they're going to be very, very solid this year. Again, and like I said, I think the hype is real. You know, this this year, certainly more so than what it was last year. We're looking for a good season. Because of Harbaugh having to break in a new signal caller, a new quarterback, should we be – am I wrong for giving them the early favorite to win the Big Ten, or should I be giving that early favorite to – Ohio State because they are returning JT Barrett at quarterback. A lot of people would say you should give it to the guy who's going to be consistent, who's already been there, and JT Barrett. But a lot of people would say doesn't matter. It's Michigan; they'll be fine. I, I, to me, it's Michigan State's the they're the wild card because are they good? Yes. However, they've got to deal with the same thing that their uh, brothers in Ann Arbor have to deal with. They got to bring in a new quarterback. Connor Cook no longer there. O'Connor looks like he's going to be the new guy stepping in, fifth year senior Tyler O'Connor. And for both Michigan teams, it's just how does that new quarterback play? Ohio State, they're the, and I say favorites for Michigan because I'm, like I said earlier when you were talking about the hype, I've ju- jumped completely on the hype train. I am on it and. Full st- full steam ahead. You were on it last Sing- year. Singing crazy train the whole way down. You were on it last year. But really, there are Ohio State should be sitting there going, "Hey, you guys figure out who you're gonna your quarterback's gonna be. We've got ours in JT Barrett, and JT Barrett to me has to show a little bit more. I kind of want to say maturity. But can you be that starter? Because he had to deal with. The Cardell Jones, the Broxton Miller, and last year was more of Cardell Jones to him. He's got to show, hey, you know what? I should have been the starter last year over Cardell, who was the most immature, had to basically do a recruiting table, I'm going to put the hat on for Ohio State kind of an announcement just to say that he was staying in school. I don't know what, what it is with these Ohio boys and their decisions, but whatever makes them happy. But to me, it's... I've said it before, I've said it again, Michigan, Ohio State, November 26th, mark it in your calendar, circle it right now, that's your Big Ten Beast Divisional Championship game winner gets a not at or a knock at the Big Ten title game, and we'll move right into that. Brandon, with me, I said Big, Big Ten East, it's either going to be Michigan, Ohio State, who are they going to play in that title game? I'm going to go ahead and say the winner of that game goes ahead and plays Iowa in the Big Ten title game. And in the end, I think it is going to be Michigan winning by three over Ohio State in overtime and then beating Iowa in the Big Ten title game to make it to the college football playoff. Michigan. Wins in the East. Kind of surprised I didn't go straight to see. Like, usually I do the... So so, so you give me yours first, Brandon. I usually wait for mine. This time, I gave you mine right away. Michigan wins in the East. I think that uh, Wisconsin wins in the West. Uh, Ooh, going with the Badgers. Close. Uh, It's going to be close, but I think Wisconsin edges, just edges, uh, Iowa. And, however, Wisconsin... That's all Wisconsin's going to do because Michigan's going to win. They will go to the college football playoff. I, oh, I hope they. I hope they win it all. Like this is a team that it's just a team you can get. Like this Michigan team, 
is a team you can get behind. And maybe it's because maybe it's because I like I like Jim Harbaugh. I almost said John Harbaugh. I like Jim Harbaugh. You like one of them. I like John too. He's a great guy. I mean, you should fire Mark Trustman, but uh that's a story for another day. But no, Jim Harbaugh is to me I love what he's doing at Michigan. I love the satellite camps. I love the fun atmosphere that he has for the players and for the recruits. I think that carries over. I think a big player to watch is Jabril Peppers because he's going to be a guy we're going to be talking come draft season. Well, Brandon won't. I will come draft season next year. But, yeah, both of us, we're both picking Michigan. However, the West is where we disagree. I will say Wisconsin, the way I'll put the West is Iowa first, Wisconsin second, and then I'm going to go Nebraska third, Northwestern fourth. Illinois fifth. Not going, right, right not, above, going, not going Illinois right, second? Right above Minnesota and Purdue. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think Wisconsin will be will be good this year. I think that uh you know if they can find that ground game mm-hmm. again, and I think they, they will with a healthy Clemens back there. But I I, I think that Iowa's gonna be good. I, I just think that Wisconsin might be able to edge them this year. But we'll see. Really it doesn't matter because they're gonna lose to Michigan, right? It really doesn't matter because <laughs> what we're saying right now is probably moot points anyways. Yeah, I mean, watch. Fucking Ohio State and Michigan will lose their first games of the year. But before I sign everything off, Brandon, as we always do, we got to come up for a catchy title for this on the Primetime Podcast. But it, I guess I'll just call it your Pop Culture Minute or Brandon's Brandon's Closing Remarks. We'll co- Come up with a come up with a name down below in the description for this. But what do you got for us this week? Some people may just call it the idiot talks more, <laughs> and that'd be that'd be just fine. But okay, so you know we always talk sports on here. Obviously, it's a sports podcast. But I want to take just a, a second to to talk a little bit on on a serious note of some of the stuff that's happened lately uh, around this country, and that is the these police officer shootings. And, and these deaths and these horrible slains. And, and folks, I, I think that when it comes down to it, everyone talks about it. Every life matters. No one life is more important. No one life is, is any less than anybody else. And we have an opportunity. Uh, this is, sounds horrible from these deaths, but we have an opportunity to go out there and, and act like that. You know, and I think that that's the biggest thing. It's 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 in our actions. It's in what we say, how we act, what we do, how we carry ourselves. You know, we're not better than other people. We're we're, we're not. Some people may have more money. Some people may have uh, more uh, affluency and stuff like that. May have hold higher titles, but doesn't mean they are better. Nothing like that. We are one community. We are one together. That's what we need to get to. That's what we need to get to. And we need to act like that. It's easy for anybody to get, get up there and say it. We need to act like it. I need to act like it. Ricky needs to act like it. We all need to because that's the only way that we move on. That's the only way we move forward in this country, in this time, in this day and age. Right now, things don't look great. We need leaders. We're the next leaders. Many of the people who listen to this podcast, most of them, between the ages of 18 to 24, young, you, you are, we are the next world leaders. And if we can't be good, if people can't depend on us, we're screwed. We're finished. So let's take this as an opportunity 
to be better. And the reason that what we get to do what we love doing mm-hmm. is because of people who protect this country, policemen, firefighters, military men and women. We can't do the things that we do without them. So please think about that. And please think about, look to the person on your left and your right, you know, when you're in class, in a meeting, in work, stuff like that. They're just like you. They're people. They're human beings. Their life matters very much. I want to piggyback off that one thing I heard today while I was listening to The Herd on FS1. Um, I know they were talking about Pat Riley and... He was saying, Pat Riley said something like, oh, our thoughts make up who we are. That's not true. Our actions are what makes us. Because how it works is we have the thoughts. Some of them run through, and then they run right out the ear because they don't, they don't matter. It's just a brief thought. But those thoughts make up our beliefs, and those beliefs then make up our actions. And those actions are what makes us who we are. So just kind of something to think about. We don't want to bring down the mood of the podcast, but I I love that Brandon brought it up. I love that you brought that up to the end of the podcast because it's something we all got to think about. Something every single one of us has to think about in this day and age, but that's going to do it for the primetime podcast this week. Go ahead and check out our Twitters down below, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast yet again we love doing these guys for you and if you want to see more video podcasts in the future make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast thank you guys for checking out this podcast and as always have a good day everybody thank you for listening to this mvp podcast follow us on twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts